Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. He's the newest Cardinal. He's going to be starting for the Cardinals uh, on the Wednesday. Is it but, but then he also just comes back with, it doesn't matter, he's got a 6 There's ERA. There's a dot, an A, a dot. That means just J-A. So with R.A. Dickey, did you call him Raw Dickey? I'm just telling or you like what. Or like Bo, do you just go B-O? Well, we did do that. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm just telling Way you what Baseball Reference says. On his Baseball Reference it's, uh, page, it says J. J-A-Y. J-Hap is how you pronounce it, the gentleman's name. His mama called him J, I'm going to call him J. Did you say mama? Yeah, it's a quote from a movie. With Alex Ferrario and Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kiley. Let's go out to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line now to be joined by our Cardinals insider. She works for The Athletic. You should check out her work there. She is also on Twitter, at Katie J. Wu. She is Katie Wu. Katie, thanks for joining us on what has been an eventful Monday morning already. How are you doing today? I'm sorry. I'm still trying to get my composure from Rod Dickey. Are you guys okay this morning? <laughs> I'm just saying, Katie. Like, if we're going to call him J.A. Dickey and he goes by J, then R.A. Dickey, who has the periods in between the letters, should be called Rod. Or Ray, I guess. I- Alex, I oh, that's what you're laughing at. I totally understand what Katie, you're saying. Katie, Katie, I think that's where you're laughing at because I should have went with Ray instead of Ra. Am I correct there? No, I don't think you're I, still I on the same on. path. <laughs> It is a uh, Alex. You- now, now I'm looking up R A. Now I'm looking up Roz Dickey's uh, baseball de- <laughs> reference page. Now, Alex, you got to stop, man. No. Game, game over. All right. So, uh, Katie, uh, what was the weekend like for you watching the Cardinals win two out of three against the Cart or against the Twins? <laughs> uh, well, after I recovered from what I think was probably the most crazy trade deadline in I don't know the last decade, um, I. It, the Cardinals did what they had to do, right? I mean, they've put an emphasis on winning series. You look at the strength of schedule in August, and you look at the Twins, and you're like, okay, well, if you don't win this series against the Twins, how does that bode well for the rest of the month where you're playing teams that are arguably around the same, maybe not as bad, but around the same you know, group of, of where the Twins are this season? Uh, so they did exactly what they needed to do. You win two out of three, they're that's their their mantra for August, right, is winning series. Hopefully they can get a couple sweeps in there. But that's ultimately what they have to do. They have to win over 60% of their games if they want even a chance in September. So it was nice to see this team uh, with the last kind of stopgap rotation that we'll see until the aforementioned John Lester and Jay Happ make their eventual Cardinals debut, kind of pulled the Ford over there. But I have to tell you guys, I was reading our, our – the Athletic, for those of you who don't know, does a uh, weekly power rankings. And this was our trade deadline edition by Chad Jennings and Tim Britton, a Red Sox and Mets writer. And I get to the Cardinals, and spoiler alert, they're ranked 19th this week. And there's two sentences that made me laugh almost as hard as Rod Dickey. It said, <laughs> <laughs> it said what they did, traded for lefties John Lester and Jay Happ. What they could have done, looked at a calendar to know what year it was. Um, <laughs> So I think that's, uh, that's you know, and no knock on either of these guys who are two established veterans, wonderful careers. Um, but this is a, uh, 
It's a move. It is a choice. It's and a bold I'm looking move, forward to bringing that, bringing that down. It's a bold move, Cotton. It Let's see if it pays off. Move. Katie, on Friday, we'll I was see. listening. Our, the, the Fast Lane, our afternoon show, had Matt Holiday on as it broke that the Cardinals had traded for John Lester. And Matt Holiday had a ton of success and is close friends with John Lester. And they told him, hey, you know, a guy that has won a World Series in both the American League and the National League uh, is now a Cardinal. And they, they tried to get him to guess. And he's like, I don't know, guys, who is it? And they said, it's John Lester. He said, well, only about three years too late, but good move nonetheless. <laughs> and I think that kind Wait. of summed up how a lot of Cardinals fans and apparently how uh, the writers over at The Athletic felt about these moves. Yeah, you know, when... You, when I saw that that they they had traded and the trade was official for for half, you know it made sense. John Gant's a third year arbitration eligible guy at the end of the off season. They recently fortified the bullpen with T.J. McFarland and Justin Miller has kind of overtaken some of that part too. They're going to get Ponce back. There wasn't really a spot for Johnny Gant, so that you know from a team perspective made sense to move him. He was probably going to be a little bit more expensive this off season than they would have liked. The Lester thing I think caught everybody off guard and. You know, when you look at when you listen to President of Baseball Operations John Mozeliak's reasoning, his reasoning is, "Hey, we just need pitchers that can eat innings." And then when you first look at the stats, you'll see that John Lester and, and Jay Happ have uh, averaged amount about the same amount of innings per start as Jake Woodford and Johan Oviedo. So the the first rationale is that makes zero sense. <laughs> but you have to look at it from a different perspective and kind of look at these as pitchers and what they've done in their careers and not just look at the stats, right? Both Hap and Lester have won a World Series, although Hap came in 2008. But they have the postseason experience. They have the veteran durability. And if you're only going to get five innings from your starters, it might as well be from guys that have done this before, that are established veterans, that have gone through the motions of a big league season for over a decade now then further risk the development of Jake Woodford and Johan Oviedo, both young up-and-coming pitchers in this system that the organization values highly. They both have great stuff. They both have the ability to be good. But as we saw, particularly with Oviedo, it can be really detrimental to have them learn in a, the, I think Mosellac used the term, pressure cooker environment of the big leagues. So from that reasoning, I understand the move. It is Better overall, if you're only going to get five innings from each starter, to have it be from Lester and Hap than have it be from Woodburn and Oviedo and further risk harming them and their development for next year. Katie, so I can see that. Katie, do you feel like that those moves too, and I mean, look, the Cardinals are never going to just, you know, they're never going to punt on the season because essentially they still are in this race, whether it be for the wild card or the NL Central crown. But do you feel like this move was more about 2022, just knowing that you have those guys, the ability, and feeling like there's more of, I don't know, you're obviously going to be more healthy, but you have more of a shot next year than this year? Yeah, I think so, too. And you make a good point. They're not going to punt. This organization does not sell. They, does not, they do not tank. And, you know, I find it interesting that, for once, fans are complaining that an organization didn't tank. Like, I, I thought, you know, maybe I'm naive here, but the the, oper- the the opportunity that they're still in it should be exciting. Um, but, you know, the front office made it very clear when they were negotiating at the trade deadline they were their top five prospects were pretty much off limits. Now, you can make an argument on the order, but that top five is what? Libertor, Gorman, Herrera, Thompson, and, and Mason Wynn, and Jordan Walker is probably pretty untouchable there, too. And you saw from the trade that it was going to take, no matter who you wanted, especially if you wanted starting pitching, it was going to take a pretty big haul to land that. And they just weren't willing to part with that because they looked to be in such good shape for 2022. And I think the hope here is that in 2021, 
the remainder, what, 55-ish games or so that's left in the season, they can take advantage of a very favorable August and 13 remaining games against the Brewers. They also have a couple games left against the Reds, a couple series, I should say, and a three-game set against San Diego, which looks to be in kind of a dangerous spot right now, and maybe they can sneak into the wild card game. They're, they're by no means punting on the 2021 season, but the primary focus was let's not tank ourselves for 2022 in a sort of like panicking high-risk gamble to make the playoffs. Let's make these like lower-risk calculated moves Let's bank on the returns of Miles Michaelis and Jack Flaherty, and hopefully that's enough. Because if you are playing in a one-game wild card winner-take-all situation, it's hard to imagine you want a better guy than Jack Flaherty on the mound in that situation. So they were able to make these moves and stay relatively somewhat in the playoff picture without absolutely decimating what their 2022 blueprint looks like. Katie Wu is our guest. You can find her work over at The Athletic, where earlier today she wrote a piece on what the Cardinals' upcoming schedule looks like. And Katie, we've talked a little bit about this as well. And if you're looking between now and August 15th, you've got a bunch of teams under 500, including the Royals and the Pirates, who are just two of the worst teams in baseball for nine of the 12 games. In this next 12-game stretch, we said earlier 8-4, and 9-3 and three feels like it kind of needs to be the bar for the Cardinals. Do you think that's fair, or do you think it should be higher, lower? Where would you be at on what the Cardinals need to do in their next 12 games against the Braves, six against the Royals, and three against the Pirates? You know, the Braves' record doesn't reflect it. I know they're missing Acuna, which is still very sad. But, you know, if they can win the Braves series and then win eight of four overall the next 12 games, that's they're in a really good spot there. But what really needs to happen is they set that tone throughout the month. I mean, 21 of their next 24 games comes against opponents under 500. They have 10 games against the Pirates this month. You have to make up some ground here. Of course, the one series up until August 30th, that isn't against a team that's under 500 is a three game set against the Brewers. And you absolutely have to make some ground up there too. So for right now, you know, I know it is kind of detrimental to look ahead at the whole calendar. I know that professional athletes will tell you one game at a time, but there has to be some sort of stress put on again, winning series. I think they can make a statement by taking two out of three against the Braves. And they absolutely have to win these series coming up against the, uh, the Royals, the Pirates, the Royals again, and the Pirates again. <laughs> That just absolutely has to happen. So, Katie, we've seen Jack Flaherty and Miles Michaelis continue with their rehab assignments down in the minors, and we heard Mo, who was on Carriker and Smallman earlier this morning, say probably about 15 days with Jack Flaherty, maybe a little less with Miles Michaelis. Realistically, are we looking at possibly around that Milwaukee Brewers series that you could honestly have both of those guys back in your rotation? Hey, I mean, it's August 2nd, right? Two plus 15 is... That's 17. That's the first day of that That was a dangerous game to play there, Katie. Katie, I respect your willingness to do it. You are fighting with fire when you do math on the air with us two. Um, I was really confident in adding two to 15, but that's probably as high as I go. Well, BK was really Uh, confident in adding eight and three to 11, but then it turned into like eight and four would be in the next 11. He's like, wait, that's not right. It's fine. Everything's fine. Go on, Katie. Sorry. It's close close enough. Um, (laughs) But that's not a coincidence, right? I mean... I think above all, they're going to prioritize the health of these guys. I was talking to Miles uh, Michaelis the other day, and this is paraphrasing. These are not his words verbatim. But for just talking to him, it's about making sure they are healthy because the worst thing that can happen right now is what we saw in mid-May. 
it's really when, when Miles threw four innings and was hurt again. It's really hard to replicate the environment of a big league setting. It's actually pretty much impossible to do that in a rehab setting, in a rehab outing. There's just too many ulterior factors that go into play there. So it's really going to be about making sure both of these players are ready to go. It looks like, you know, they're what Miles is going on his third rehab start tomorrow. I'm not sure when Jax is. Uh, he just pitched his second one yesterday, so it should be in the next few days or so. Usually around three rehab starts to four, you're looking at guys getting activated. But I think it's, again, going to take a couple more weeks. However, it's no coincidence that this team is targeting that return potentially around that Brewers series. Those are three must-win games for this organization. Again, if they're not ready, they're not going to push him. But if they've checked all the boxes twice and both these guys look good, that's when I would expect reasonably for them to be up. Final question for you is we're talking to Katie Wu here on 101 ESPN. Katie, other than like the playoff push, of course, because that's what everything's always focused on for the Cardinals, What's the biggest question that you think needs to be answered for the Cardinals the remainder of this season? Like, if they had their best-case scenario on something, what is something they would like to have answered by the end of this 2021 season? Um, I mean, the obvious one is the rotation, right? Because I, I highly doubt this rotation of Wainwright, Pap, Lester LeBlanc, and Kim is what we see in 2022. <laughs> I, I'm very confident in saying that's not what we will see. Um, but I think the rotation will kind of sort itself out. And there's, for one, seem to be some sort of, like, optimism and solutions. It's a risky move there. It's You know, there's not a lot of margin for error. But for me, the biggest question is the offense. Uh, in June, they were dreadful. They were bottom of the National League in almost every standard offensive category. In July, their offensive metrics, especially analytically, have risen. They've, they've made improvements. But they're still in the lower half of a lot of the standard offensive categories like runs, run score, walks, OPS. So those offensive jumps that they made in July were fantastic. I don't want to diminish them by any way, any way at all. They came in, they started changing their approach. They implemented the things that Mike Schilt wanted to see. But that offense has to continue improving in August. Otherwise, it ultimately won't matter what the rotation looks like. So for me, that's the biggest question is, is this offensive tick that they're on as they continue climbing up sustainable and can they hold it so that whatever task work they're doing with the rotation ultimately pays off katie will be reading your work over at the athletic people should follow you on twitter at katie j Wu. all the best this week and we'll talk with you again next week hopefully after the cardinals have a successful stretch here against some losing teams sounds great guys you know it